Two Guys Being Dudes Podcast. They said it wasn't possible. Episode three, Two Guys Being Dudes Podcast. This is Jared Camden coming live from Columbus, Ohio. What's going on, Jason? Not much. This is Jason Adams broadcasting live out of Chicago, Illinois. Just uh, recovering from what was a somewhat eventful 4th of July. Uh, relaxing and enjoying today. So, Jared, what happened with you this uh, wonderful 4th? I'm still on vacation somehow. Like I've, I feel like I've been on vacation for like two straight weeks. Uh, party at my place for Red, White, and Boom. Went off without a hitch. Nothing was broke. A lot of bottles of liquor got drank. Honestly, I think I had about 40 people come through the house, which is staggering because my place is not that big. Um, I saw about four fireworks. Um, my neighbors were playing music during it, um, so I lost my mind. And let's just say I was pretty hammered at that point, yelling at people about how music sucks and probably ruined like four people's experiences. Uh, at one point, there were people jumping into my pool. Uh, so that was cool. I got a little out of hand, but the rest of it's been pretty uh, laid back. I, I didn't go all Stone Cold Steve Austin on all the days like I thought I would, but at my party, I was definitely Stone Cold Steve Austin. I can <laughs> promise you that. Nice. How was everything for you out there? It was good. It was good. Got to hang out with some friends. Uh, I did a little uh, smoking and a little frisbee golf and a little bit of volleyball, just kind of some outdoor activities, hung out with the boys, uh, did some good times. The uh, actual on the 4th was fun. We were on the top of the, our building uh, watching all the fireworks on the skyline of Chicago. There was some question as to whether some of it, if you saw anything of the, uh, I believe it was 100-plus murders in Chicago uh, over the 4th of July weekend. And so out from our house, what we thought were fireworks, we're not sure now <laughs> exactly if they were wow. all fireworks or what some of that stuff was. But it was a it was a great time on top of it. It was a, for a first time for us in Chicago. We had a blast. That's awesome. Uh, how many different like displays could you see? How many different like communities fireworks could you see? So the big major one is uh, Navy Pier, which was yeah. perfectly located uh, about three miles from my building with an awesome building blocking our view. So ah. uh, we didn't see any of it. But if you looked behind us and all around, there were probably, I'd say, a good 70 different fireworks going off uh, all around. 70? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Holy at one point. Shit. Yeah, you could look through the entire skyline and see a constant barrage of fireworks. And it started around 8 p.m. and it ended about midnight. Uh, so wow. it was actually pretty cool. We actually were watching from the roof for a while and then we came back down into the uh, our apartment and stared at them. It was it was a really cool event. Did you see the video of the guy who flew the drone through the fireworks? Yeah, I saw. Uh, that that I was saw. really cool, man. That was awesome. That's a great video. If anybody gets a chance, go find that video. Just look up drone drone through fireworks. It's it's a really cool view of the fireworks. So what got you... lucky to get hit. <laughs> so what's been going on since the 4th of July? Anything else? Well, the big one I'm just going to jump right into. I went and saw uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, we can officially forget that there were any other Spider-Man movies ever made. That's completely over. Um, Marvel did it again. Uh, don't want to get into any spoilers. I'm going to tell you about my experience in the theater. Okay. Uh, I, I did IMAX 3D. Always do for all Marvel movies. Uh, so you don't, you know, so my, I have an assigned seat, so I'm all good. Uh, I show up and they're like, they ring my ticket and they're like, sir, like the wimpy diaries of some kid was at 10 a.m. Like your ticket. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, 
clearly look at me. I'm 34 years old. Like, I'm here to see Spider-Man. Like, I'm, it's just so that took about 20 minutes. So I get in my seat, and there's, like, only one person sitting in my row. Here comes dad with two kids. Dad with two kids sits directly next to me. And these aren't, like, parceled away. Like, I'm sitting, like, we have to share an arm. I'm like, there's 30 seats to my left. Dad doesn't care at all. He just sits right next to me. The kid, I'm terrible kid ages. I'm saying they're seven and three. I don't know. Um, Three-year-old is, like, on his lap during the previews. So I'm like, oh, man, how's this going to go? And I'm really bad with previews. Luckily, the only preview, I don't like to see previews. The only one they showed was Black Panther. So I just put my head down. It all worked out perfect. Here's what it came down to, though, what killed me. This dude was a doofus. This guy thought the whole movie was so funny, and he actually physically would, like, touch me to, like, engage me and, like, oh, that was funny, wasn't it? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's why everybody's laughing. Like, well, I didn't come to the movie with you. And I was like, but the way the guy was sitting next to me to my right, if I would have moved, I would have been next to him. So I was, like, completely stuck in this area. I'm like, man, I paid, like, $17 to zone. I don't go with people to the movies. I go by myself for the exact reason no one's going to be like, wasn't that cool? This guy is slapping his legs, like, going back and forth, just shaking the entire seat. I, I, I love IMAX 3D. I walked out of the movie just fuming at this guy. It's like, just, I got a Coke Icy, and I've got my Reese PCs. I don't need you telling me that Iron Man's funny, dude. I, I get the whole Tony Stark's a funny guy. I get the whole Spider-Man joke. Jason, do these people just infuriate you to no, like, no end? Well, I can just see you, because I know how important it is that you get the right environment when you watch a movie. So I completely understand that. So how old was the dad? I mean, this guy was 38. So a young guy, not, not old. So when uh, this was going on and he placed his hands on you, what you said there was a whole row. Was it not possible for you to move down a seat? I'm in the, I buy my ticket the second it goes on sale so I can be directly in the middle. So the guy, so there's an empty seat to my right, and then there's another guy who's just like me who just wants to watch the movie. I was watching this movie with my spine at like 45 degrees. So I was like, <laughs> I don't even want to be near this guy. And his kids, like, never made a peep. His kids were perfect. They never complained. The only thing is, like, the three-year-old would take his glasses off and his dad would, like, put them back on. But this guy thought we were, like, the funny bone, like, hanging out together. And I'm like, dude, leave me alone, man. Like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. And then when the movie ends and, like, some people got up to leave, he was like, these people are leaving. There's probably a trailer after the movie. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's why I didn't get up. Like, don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> Like, I just want to, like, take a sign that says, like, don't talk to me at the movies. Like, I have my Reese PCs, man. I'm in heaven. Like, it's perfect. And I, I, I just cannot believe this dude. So he slapped me during the movie. He made contact with me trying to tell me that something was funny, and I was laughing at it. Like, we're, like, we're not going to go to Bar Louie afterwards and have drinks and break down the history of Marvel together. I would have given just about anything to watch that whole experiment take place as the guy put his hand on you as you're deeply entrenched in the movie. I just can see your face right now. I mean, I was like, I didn't even break like a facial component. Like my face stayed the same. Just be like, dude, I swear to God, you touch me again. Like, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm just going to lose it. And he was like rocking back and forth. Like, the, and it, was the, it was the simplest jokes. So like the funny jokes are like, I don't, once again, I don't want to get too far into the movie, but like the funny jokes that are like have to do with like the Avengers, 
Like, I kind of chuckled at those. I'm like, oh, innuendo. I like that. He was not getting those jokes. <laughs> but as soon as it was like slapstick, this guy's like, goddamn losing it, man. I'm like, leave us. And like the people behind me, like I at one point, like looked back to them and they gave me like the, ah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I just so weird that when I walked in, I'm like, oh, these two kids are going to ruin it. And it ends up being this corny ass dad who's just the worst person ever, man. Well, like I stormed out of the theater, stormed out of the theater. But I absolutely love the movie. I absolutely cannot say enough about how they did the Spider-Man character. Amazing. Well, let me tell you, I had a, uh, again, a completely opposite experience than what you had this weekend. Uh, we had family in town. My wife's dad was in town with his girlfriend, and we really were doing the town, enjoying it. And we decided that we wanted to go to comedy club. And we had the options to go to the 8 o'clock show or the 10 o'clock show. And they warned the 10 o'clock show is a little more risque, but we're all adults here. So I said, okay, great. We all agreed. 10 o'clock sounds like the right show. So we go to the 10 o'clock show. We've had a couple beverages, enjoying ourselves for the evening. Uh, and it's kind of a seven or eight different people all doing uh, about five to 10 minutes of stand up each. Uh, and then there was a headliner who went on at the end. Really cool, like excited that I'm in Chicago. I can walk down the street, go to a comedy club, good time, right? The first guy gets on, has a good set. Second guy comes on, kind of bombs, which is all right, you know? So I'm sitting there, my uh, father-in-law is about uh, 20 feet to my left because there's four seats with a couple tables in between. The place is packed, right? It's an old school. It's the Laugh Factory here in uh, Chicago. Yeah. Um, then uh, another comedian came on and it was good. We were laughing and stuff. But there at the end, the last, the headline lady was a um, probably about a 40-year-old African-American woman who started off with just kind of a very slow pace, kind of building up. She was incredibly well built. She went on this entire set about how much she loves her Asian husband. And then she proceeded uh, to do about a 10 minute spot and basically demonstrated giving a blow job to this microphone, which was her husband. And let me tell you about awkwardness when you're sitting there oh, with your father-in-law and his girlfriend and your wife and you're sitting there and she's going on and on and on. And what was really awkward was the fact that uh, my father-in-law's girlfriend was rolling in laughter the entire time. She <laughs> loved it. It was outstanding. Of course, my wife is just having a ball with it, you know, pushing me, pointing to me every three seconds, laughing her ass off. But uh, yeah, my father-in-law and I uh, just exchanged glances once, I think. And we just decided <laughs> to keep our heads straight for the rest of the time. While the, the comedian was hysterical, and I can't think of her name, it was a uh, an awkward setting for... Uh, even though I, we've been married for 10 plus years and you kind of get in there, still don't really want to go do a whole Felicio conversation when uh, daddy's little girl's your wife and you're sitting there. So, uh, but it was a different feeling. It was a good time though. We actually uh, loved that place. So looking forward to doing that again. I, say, I, uh, I took mom to uh, my mom to Burt Kreischer on it's Friday night after Spider-Man. So I had a, I had a great Friday, no, no lying there, but uh, at, so certain things Burt Kreischer says where I'm like, oh, man, like, it's just, oh, you're like next to your mom. You're like, oh, come on. I mean, she was the best. So we had a blast together. But it's like, oh, just, that's not that's not right. Like, come on. But so is know, Bert fat? I, I didn't catch it. Was Bert still fat? Is uh, is he back uh, to Bert's fat? fat? Yeah. No, he's, he's fat. He's fat. How long uh, did it take did for not... the, the shirt stay on or not? Uh, shirt came off five seconds onto the stage. Okay, good. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Bert did not drink. Wow. He did not even take did not even take a drink out of his drink theory. But yeah, he was doing two shows. We went to the early one, so so he was doing four shows overall. We saw the first one, so I figured Saturday he's when he probably let loose. So it was good though. But with same forty five minutes we saw before, so he did a couple new jokes like sprinkled in here and there. But he did a, a couple stuff about Joey, Joey Diaz that was real funny. So nice, nice. So uh, the the next thing I want to get into, Jason, is uh, yesterday I went to the beautiful Clipper Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. Um, sold out, like could not. So I got standing room only. Ended up standing in just the, the best spot uh, next to the usher who's thrown me out of the stadium three times. <laughs> we made some weird, awkward eye contact. Speaking of awkward eye contact, I was like, dude, you know who I am. Like, you have to know who I am. Um, the one thing that really stuck out to me, though, other than the beautiful stadium and the great beers, uh, tattoos, man. I, I just, I don't understand what some people are thinking. It is a whole. Like, I, I understood what tattoos used to be, but now it's, like, just people just straight just go cut off shirt, like, don't care at all, and just showing off these tattoos. I, I'm puzzled by them. I, I just don't even – and I'm, like, I want to ask them, like, what do you do for a living? How do you get away with this? I know they're more socially accepted now, but, like, this one dude just has Satan, just, like, three different <laughs> Satan tattoos. The guy behind him has his face tattooed, and he's wearing, like, makeup. I'm, like, I don't – I'm, like, all right, whatever. The, like there's a guy who had a Michigan and an Ohio State tattoo on both on his calves, and I'm like, what? So Jason, I want to ask you this straight. I don't even know anything about tattoos. Is there a certain age like you have to be to get a tattoo? I think you have to be 18 unless you have your parents' approval. I don't you think it should be like illegal to get a tattoo until like you're like 25 and be like, there's gonna be no bad decisions here, like. Cause there's so many people and you just see them and it's like, it, they're like, you can't be happy with this. It says like faith on the back of your neck, but it looks like someone just like smudged a, a like Sharpie on your back. Like I see, I'm a guy that I think I have an opposite stand than you. Cause you know what it is? I love the fact that tattoos pretty much are permanent, right? So for a guy that doesn't have tattoos, uh, and cause in, in my age, it was, not quite as socially acceptable as it is now. I couldn't get away wearing a suit and having neck tattoos in the world that I lived in. Um, probably could now a little bit, but probably not as much. But I love the fact that they're permanent because I think it reminds people of the bad decisions they made. And I love the creativity <laughs> that gets involved when you have, you know, I love Gina on your arm. And then you turn that into, you know, I love, you know, Dina Lou or something. However, you're going to try to cover it up it's uh i love that fact i think it's awesome for a guy that doesn't have any but you know who have all my brothers and sisters have some sort of ink uh my dad has a little bit of ink uh it was funny uh we were out uh at the fourth of july group and uh there was a a very muscular probably 25 year old guy that was standing there with these shoulders that were broader than mine and he had this gigantic tattoo of a rose on his shoulder and I was trying to sneak a photo of it because my dad has a rose on his shoulder. So I was going to try to do a little meme of before and after for my dad, but I couldn't pull that off. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I realized this too is the guy that had the gigantic rose who could easily kick my ass, right? Yeah. On the other side, he had his boyfriend's name down his side of his arm. So Whoa. that's going all in, right? So you're, you're proud, you're gay, and you're displaying on both sides. So, you know... There's a, there's a different path he walks than I do, you might say. 
I, I just, it's just, you can just, and I understand the bad decision. It does kind of make it funny. I mean, it's comical. Even in the, in the NBA, I mean, we saw Richard Jefferson's bad tattoo, and then the one guy had a tattoo that's a Ninja Turtle basketball. I mean, they, and all the guys that got like N1, like back in the day, like the N1 guy tattoos are terrible. Who we should really talk to is John Hassey and Mike Blanchard. Those dudes have more cover ups. I mean, and I think I, their tattoos tell a story, so I really, really like that. I just see a tattoo where it's like a Tasmanian devil and dude something like kneecap. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, at what age did you make this decision? Like, I, I just, tattoos are just a, such a weird thing because it's like, it's the last thing I would go cheap on. Have you ever like, been close not, to getting one? No, not even close, man. Not even in, in the realm. Like, I, first off, I don't even like the same thing like five days later. Like, I'm like, ah, I'm out on that. So for me, the only thing I would get is like an elephant and that's just for my grandma. Right. So it's like, and I'm not going to be a dude walking around with an elephant on me. And people are like, why has this guy got an elephant on him? Like, it's just not going to happen. Location is pretty important with an elephant tattoo as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, I'd go eyelid for sure, you know. But, <laughs> but what I don't get is just, like, I'm not getting cheap toilet paper. It's just not going to happen. Right. So why? It's like there's certain things you just can't go, what are you doing, like, going cheap on a tattoo? Like, it's just so dumb to me. And it's just so, I couldn't stop looking. Like, everywhere I looked. There was just tattoos on everybody. And now, you know, I mean, Clippers games, you can't get some different parts of Columbus out there. But Lord have mercy, man. I saw some things last night where I was just puzzled, like just absolutely puzzled. And I, it's uh, the one thing that I never understood, and I think you made a great point, is I'll sometimes get caught in the Internet black hole and I'll just start somehow end up on a tattoo thing, you know, like a wolf tattoo or something like that. And then you see some incredible art. But oh, the yeah. best is when somebody has like a drawing <laughs> And then they have the picture of the tattoo next to it, you know, and it, what you thought was going to be a wolf ends up looking like a bloated cow or something. I just love that. That's my favorite. I love bad decisions. Like you're saying, how do you, how do you go cheap on the tattoo line? But, like what, I, what do you spend your money on? Like I, I just, I, it makes absolutely definitely not no books. <laughs> no, <laughs> no books, no nothing. Like I guess you just get that extra value meal when you go through McDonald's. That's but, all I can figure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Man. All right, I, I want to segue into a new segment here. Uh, we're going to try to do this weekly. Uh, Jason is a little bit smarter than me when it comes to stuff, uh, but I want to throw some weird things at him. So this is going to be our Jason Explains to Jared segment. Um, there's one fascinating thing I've never understand, ever, ever understood in my life. Magnets. I love magnets. I love powerful magnets. I had so many magnets growing up. I don't understand them. People will talk to me about them. I, uh, Jason. Can you explain to me in any way, shape, or form how magnets work? Hmm. Magnets. Okay, so we play this game. All right, let's see. Let me see what I know about magnets. I know magnets have um, a magnetic field, and they have poles. They have a south yeah. pole and a north pole, right? So I know magnets are worked based on the way the electrons form around the area that that causes the magnetic field so the movement of the uh of the electrons causes the field the magnetic field and two like fields can't be joined together so you can't take uh, a highway that's running north only and another highway that's running north only if you imagine the cars are the the atoms and the electrical fields that they create running they can't be then pushed together, right? So a northbound or north pole can only connect to a south pole and vice versa. And so when well, you... I, 
But I, why is it only like this one thing that can do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like plastic doesn't have like something it connects to. Like, why is it that magnets are like the only thing? Like, I know like mercury can be moved by magnets and stuff like that. But like, why is it that magnets are like the only thing like that? Well, I think that's it, what I don't get. I don't get that at all. Well, that's a good question. Because uh, that's probably going more than what I get. So, because for me, it seems like from what little I understand of magnets is it's the charge, the conductive charges of the metal. So plastic doesn't have those types of atoms that are conductive. What type of metal is magnet? I well, swear to God, that was a question that just came out of my mouth. What kind of metal is magnet? Well, I think it's what types of metals can become magnets are more appropriate. Oh, so it's like, oh, so it's like multiple materials come together. To yeah, so magnet? you can, so iron, right, is a, a major source of magnets because it conducts energy. And so atoms move in a certain direction based on that metal. So like uh, those little magnet bars that you get, like I don't, what I don't understand is how, amplification of magnets occur so you know you get the the little magnets and you can touch them and pull apart and all that but then you get those old telephone magnets that are kind of like that u-shaped thing you put on a wall and you can barely pull it off the wall yeah. i'm not exactly sure how amplifying that works i would assume it's by amplifying the the magnetic field which means there has to be more energy in that that's causing it to actually have a stronger conduction of pulling or pushing when i was in uh, high school we had this like <laughs> hundred and fifty dollar magnet <laughs> and we had it we took it in our gymnasium and uh god i can't remember who i was with in my science class i wish i could give them a shout out and they were like whatever you do like just keep it in the center of the court because it'll like take off like it was that powerful i had this motherfucker on the roof within like five minutes <laughs> like i'm not, i am not kidding it was completely on the roof uh it was like right next to our scoreboard this is my sophomore year so I remember when I graduated, like looking up and being like, hey, there's that magnet. Like that, no one could get it. Like it was just up there. And I was pretty far away from it. I'm like, this teacher can't know what he's talking about. Like that's just always how I was thinking. And I, my other th th thought that came up, and I was talking to my friends about it. I was like, how come there aren't magnets on shoes? Magnets on shoes? Yeah, like there's Velcro, which by the way, God bless Velcro, one of the greatest things of all time. Oh, you mean to but like why close your shoes? To like tie yeah. your shoes? Yeah, but then they were like, well, then metal the TSA wouldn't allow your... it. <laughs> well, then no, people were like, well, if you were sitting next to something, your leg would stick to a bar. I had never even thought of that. I thought I came up like, I thought I outsmarted every shoe company on this planet. I was like, magnets, newest shoe coming out, Yeezy magnets for sure. Ends up, I'm just a complete idiot. So yeah. how about this? A, sec a second little Jason explains. Why is, why is there no male Surrey? There is, there's a male voice. No, there's not. Yes, there is. Is there really? What's his name? I think it's still Siri, but it's a male voice. So he can't get his own voice? Or he can't get his own name? Um, I think Siri is the idea of assistance. And the voice is just how it comes to No, her. wait. Siri is a woman's name, right? Well, like, I, I, know a girl I know a girl named Siri. I don't know any guys named Siri. A girl named Siri was S-I-R-I? -I? Eh, sure. I don't know. I didn't ask her that. She's like, my name's Siri. And I was like, like the iPhone? And she's like, yeah. Huh. I don't know, but there is a male voice that can do Siri. What's he sound like? I, I, I can't do an impression of the male voice of Siri. Siri doesn't sound like a woman. She sounds like a robot, like, right? Like, I don't think she sounds like a woman at all in a sense. That's so I'll give you a silly story. For years, when I worked at my old company, we used this lady to do the recordings for these voices. 
uh, for years. So we worked at a company and we specialized in doing voice systems and all that kind of stuff. And her name was Pam. And she did all these voice recordings for us for years. Well, one day I'm in an elevator. I'm in Las Vegas. And, you know, you have like the ads, the TV ads and stuff, because they all have TVs and going on and talking. And I hear the voice. And the elevator was fairly busy. Uh, and so I'm just assuming, of course, that it's just her doing the voice on an ad or something like that. Uh, and then as we go out of the elevator, I go down and this is a, it's like a trade show kind of situation, right? I go walking down the steps and she's standing probably five feet from me. This lady is, and I hear her call out to her friend, some name or something like that. And I knew it was her. So I turned around and I go, Pam. And she looked at me and she goes, no, that's not me. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it sounded just like her. Right. So yeah. About five minutes later, I'm sitting at this table waiting for one of my coworkers and she comes up to me. She goes, she goes, when you said Pam, she goes, she goes, you must be thinking I am Pam. She goes, that's not my name. Pam is the voice that I play. And I do it for companies that do voice recordings. Oh. I, go, I go, I've worked with your voice for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I mean, wait, why do they call her Siri? Do you even know? Does it stand for something? Is it like, I don't know. This is where we need our co-producer to come on and type up and find out exactly for us. But yeah, since- where's Craig? Where's Craig at? He's probably beaten off to some Mark Lemke photo somewhere or something like that. I mean, we can't afford his salary. Uh, we've yeah. been in deep negotiations with him for the last uh, two episodes. Uh, but maybe we can get him in as a guest appearance and he can do some quick searches for us eventually. I'm kind of shook on the Siri thing now. Like, I didn't really know that no, there's a guy's voice. And I just don't like Siri's voice at all. I think it's dog. I think dog we might crap. have to put a bet on it because I'm, I'm about 90% sure of that. Well, you know me. I Like, my iPhone, I, I know... 15% of its capabilities and I'm the rest of it. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I just listen to podcasts. Like I really don't know. So, so John Briggs, even, wait, wait. wait a second. John wait. Briggs is the voice of the British male actor for the voice of Siri. While Susan Bennett is the familiar American female Siri. Ta-da. Get that British shit out of here, man. <laughs> I don't want some British dude being all sassy to me. Telling me all this shit on the fucking internet. No way. I'll stick with my girl. And if you saw this guy's picture, you would never let him talk to you. I bet. I'm not even going to look him up. I'm not even going to mess with it. Good. I'm with you, Sari. I love you. Oh, shit. I just turned her on. Sorry. No, I did not mean I just turned Siri on, but never mind. Nice. All right, Jason. We got to get into a little sports here. Okay. I had you pull up the home run derby that's coming up. I don't even know when it is. Next week? It's uh, the all-star break uh, starts, thankfully, it starts tomorrow as my Cubs have found the ability to show how, what a true championship season looks like by uh, getting hammered today. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, thankfully, the All-Star break starts uh, this week. So, the Home Run Derby used to mean a lot to me. I used to love the Home Run Derby. Berman being an idiot. Back, 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 back. Making, up every, making fun of everybody's names. I want to talk about the names of this year's. Like, but baseball is just whatever. Like, no one really watches baseball to the effect of, like, knowing every single team and every single player. Do you recognize these names that are on here? Like, of course we know number one and number two. Stanton's a stud. Aaron Judge is the new Yankee stud. Right. I know number – you know who number three is, right? Cody Bellinger? Cody Bellinger, yes. Yeah. But I don't know. After that? Mike Moustakas 
I'm, Mike Moustakis, that dude just has a good mustache. Like, when I see that name, I'm like, that's a mustache guy. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, know the rest. No. This is the problem with baseball. Who the hell are these guys? Like, I, I am. there's a 0% chance I'm going to watch this now because there's nothing on here that's like, oh, Miguel Sano. Like, that's my dude. Or, like, Gary Sanchez. Like, that dude's in porn. Like, Gary Sanchez is a porn name. Like, I, I just don't think this is a... But can this we is talk not about, reaching out. You know what I don't get? Because looking at this, and you, like you're saying, not a whole lot of star power here, right? No. But what's the reasoning? Is it because, uh, like, in, I never understood in NBA, like Michael Jordan said after he did the second or third dunk contest that he couldn't do it anymore because it hurt his knees. And I just was always befuddled by that, right? I couldn't believe that dunking the basketball seven times in an hour cause that much physical damage to somebody. But what's the deal with baseball? Is it just that these guys are, uh, do they just, cause I'm not sure. Do they take the top eight or the top four guys in each division home run leaders? No, like this, the guy who has like, I just saw on ESPN, the guy who has like the second most home runs in the NL. He's not even in it. Like yeah. the guy who plays for the Brewers, that everybody knows is on steroids. Like that dude's not even playing in it. I'm like, that's a marketable dude. Like he went to Japan, like came back. Like, I know who that guy is, and by me saying I know who that guy is, I don't know his name. But it's just like, baseball just doesn't have these stars anymore. This would be so much better if they just brought back, like, Ken Griffey Jr. So, take a guess. Gary Sanchez, how many home runs do you think he has going into this home run derby for half the season? 17. Okay, that's a solid guess. Solid guess. Um, If I told you it was 13... How would you feel? Oh my about God. That? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Is 13 home runs? 13 home runs heading into uh, this game. Uh, That's have... just embarrassing. It is. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo, has 20 or 21 right now. Uh, and the top, the leader right now is Aaron Judge heading into the, with 27 homers so far. Yeah. Nice number. Well, I mean, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron's a stud. I mean, he's a right. rookie. He's he just tied Joe DiMaggio's rookie Yankee or right. Yankee rookie record. I mean, that's a good story. Like, yeah. that's a great building block. Charlie Bat- Blackman, like, what? Like, yeah. who are like? It's just it's this is the exact problem with baseball. Like, I know more hockey players than baseball players. I think, and that is just a problem. Like, that is a big time problem. Like, I uh, the Clippers game. The guy next to me was like. Oh, this guy played for the Indians. This guy played for the... I'm like, I don't recognize any of these guys at all. Zero. And no one was watching the Clippers game yesterday, by the way. Absolutely no one. They were just there having a good time, and there happened to be a baseball game on the field. There was more cheering for the hot dog race and the Build-A-Burger Wendy's thing than anything else that happened in the game. I do like, like a guy hit a. Uh, this is no joke. A guy hit a home run for the Clippers, and almost no one noticed. And I am being dead serious. It was second inning. Guy just hits a rocket out of right field. Like, impressive home run. And it was like he just lined out. Like, some people, like, rang their bells a little bit, and they were like, oh, home run. But, like, other than that, everybody was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, But the real question that everybody wants to know was, who did you just start chanting at the entire time? Which player did you single out? Uh, I was actually at the game with someone, and uh, I was not trying to get crazy at all. So uh, Can we define that? Because you've been to games many, many times, and I consider myself a someone. And so that has never prevented you from... <laughs> uh, well, we didn't have pack. seats. 
we didn't have seats, so we were doing standing room only. Um, and there was no sneaking down. I, I even went over to Chad's section a little bit, and Chad was working so hard. There was no getting into his section. Um, guy on third base for their team, he didn't really have a name that I could do, like Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and say his name. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was completely behaved. I mean, I had a, I mean, I had drinks and was betting on the game, and I won $9 betting on the game. Nice. So, I mean, that was fun, but no, uh, no, no yelling at anybody. Nothing like that. Yeah. I still think the greatest moment of uh, chanting of all time, though, was you at Virginia Tech just dropping the Michael Vick fighting dogs. That was an epic <laughs> moment where I was just like, oh, my God. Like, the football game stopped. Like, it was so crazy that you did that. Now, that will live on in my mind forever. Wow. And that guy deserved it. That guy was terrible. That I was going to say, I think uh, I usually take a lot to be provoked. And, and when it does, I hit below the belt when I finally get provoked. So, Holy shit. I, I lost it when you said that. I couldn't. I, I froze for like five seconds. I was like, I'm supposed to say that kind of stuff, not you. My favorite no, time, I, though, is when oh, we no, were at the Pittsburgh can, game. Be the, no, I was going to say, can't be, don't tell the Cubs Cardinals story. That, that one. No, Cubs no. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was, yeah, but the Cardinals won before the game even started where you and oh, you yeah. and Craig had to sit me down and talk to me before the, we went in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the guy, the uh, 65-year-old doorman, is about 80 feet away from us, is <laughs> waving his hand at us. Uh, and we decided our best uh, alternative solution was to walk completely around to the other side of the stadium to go in was probably that it. My favorite, though, is when the, the gentleman uh, that was yelling and screaming at us in Pittsburgh, who was probably, he had to be our age, maybe older, 45 or something like that, who was just infuriated with your chanting, and all of that, he came running down to yell at us and get in our face. And his 70-year-old mother yelled at him to get back into his seat. <laughs> and the best part is, you, I looked at you like, well, and you're just like, go ahead, man. And I got all those Cubs fans rallied right behind. Neil Walker's last game ever playing for his home team. And we, I mean, he was 0 for 4. We, we crushed that dude's spirit. We had that place rocking, man. man. So let's talk about another competition. Shall we uh, do a little update on Big Brother? Let's get into it, man. A party of the summer. Big Brother. Last week on Big Brother. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting week. Uh, I, I found it, uh, you know, because now I don't know how many people watch it live. Like, I never watch it live, right? I try to catch up. It's good because you can fast forward through the commercials. You can get through some of that garbage. So, like, 40 minutes into it. This week, uh, I think there were two episodes that I missed to kind of get into it. And it was catching up. And, and then we saw the, uh, the breakdown of Megan. Uh, and she lost it and then she wasn't there. And then Cody had to, uh, nominate another person in her place. Uh, and then if I'm not mistaken, he nominated Alex and then oh. he, right. Or no, he nominated Wait. Alex first. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. And then, um, arguably he just gave up on the competition so she could win. N no, there's no <laughs> argument. He just gave up. Just Which is a, going against his entire alliance, and everybody saw him do it. Right. And he's with the hottest girl on the show right now. Hands down the hottest girl. I'm a Christmas guy. Sorry. Well, okay. Hands down, one of the top two hottest girls on the show. And Alex is a gamer who's got her own quirkiness, but kind of attractive. But he, I think he's really drawn to her. So I find a, kind of find it interesting that he would respect her so much that he tried to drop the game so of course went against everybody and then of course 
what I have decided is, while I still enjoy watching it, CBS is totally taking control of this show, and it has nothing to do with uh, letting this game be played out. It's everything that CBS is scripting to make sure the results go the way they want them to go. To give Paul a three-opportunity pass uh, so that he couldn't be... You knew this was going to come up. You knew it was going to happen in the first week. And oh, here we conspiracy go. Jared is ready to roll right now. <laughs> I still think something happened last year in the voting in the last Big Brother vote. I think something happened because the way everything went down on that last vote made no sense. Right. I think CBS was like, we owe Paul. We'll throw him in the game. One of the, one of the uh, ways that they were messing with the game this year is that America got to choose someone that was like their player that he could pick something like some sort of temptation so you're five days into the game you've got one guy who was a final two contestant last year and you have a bunch of people nobody knows who do you think america is going to give it to they're going to give it to the person they know and nobody in the house had any sort of brain to be like it's probably paul right they're like they all thought it was like the guy who was the most hated and big brothers watched by people who don't really uh they really don't mess with the game by picking, like, the worst players. There's not much trolling going on in Big Brother. So it's like, how did they not realize, like, hey, probably whatever it is went to that guy. Right. Like, it's, and I can't, I love when Big Brother does kind of, like, throw in new curveballs and stuff like that. Just don't do it in the first two weeks. Right. Let these people naturally get to know each other and then let the, then come in and start, like, toying with things. Don't just, there's so many different things this year. Like, even in that uh, veto competition, that uh, Raven girl just got the gold star. Right. And I was like, what, what the hell's the gold? Like, did she just win? And they're like, well, no, that means she's safe from, head, or from have nots. For t-. I'm like, God, just go back to the way the game was. Be like, one year, we're just going to play original rules. Just big brother as, like, normal as you can be. Because then everybody's, like, it's going to play with their minds even more. Like, when is the, the, the trick going to come in? Right. Yeah, the, the whole expect the unexpected. Now it's expect whatever you think is probably going to happen to prolong the series to make it seem more interesting so that the drama builds. And, you know, I, the fact that Cody, who is just 100% a psycho, they now had to put a fourth person up. Uh, and then, as he said it, well, you know, Christmas, you got screwed. Uh, you're going up because Paul evoked, you know, uh, invoked his uh, safety. So yeah. it's kind of funny. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I do wish, like you, that they would just go back and make it 16 strangers in a house. Nothing but a veto and a nomination and nothing else. Uh, but what can you do? Two things. Two quick things on this. How, okay, so Jessica likes Cody. Uh, by the way, I like Raven. I think Raven's cuter than Jessica as well. Just go ahead and put that out there. I don't think I think Jessica's just a bag of owns. I don't think she's really that smart. I, there's nothing about her I really like. There's a million girls that are like her, like so that's why it's her me. She's just she's whatever. But uh, so they're in bed together. He calls her Alex. Uh huh. And Jessica does not even blink. Is she that dumb that she just totally missed that he he was like uh 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 uh. Well, he was a robot. So he was like uh uh uh. Sorry, my I, you know what? He should be the voice of Siri. He should be the voice of Siri. But anyways, um, so he calls her the wrong name and she's like completely fine with it. Jason, I've called girls the wrong name. They are not completely fine with it. Like that's not natural. That is the worst thing you can do. And then Cody completely screws the whole game up by trying to put Paul up and make this major move in week one, which you just want to lay low. Like I said, in the last episode, 
Jessica, who should like her game just got torn to pieces because she's now with this complete douchebag. She goes out and like starts to argue, and he's just like, "No, you're wrong. Like, trust me. No, you're wrong. Trust me." Right. She kisses him in front of everyone, and she's like, "I just don't want to be considered." But it's like we're making decisions together. You just openly were kissing this dude in front of the other four or thirteen competitors. What do you think they're thinking? Of course they think you knew it was happening. Like it's just they, people play so stupid, and it's like just, just don't. Uh, I, I just want to throw stuff. It's the guy next to me hitting me during the movie all over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hope that it uh, takes this Kareen goes crazy. I don't think they're real happy. CBS isn't real happy that Christmas is going. So I'm sure there's going to be so much work this week uh, by Christmas to get uh, Jillian out of there. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, I, I I don't think CBS wants Christmas gone. Uh, I think hey, she's... Hey, oh, there's, there's already been an eviction. Oh, there, well, I well, I guess I haven't caught up then, so maybe I don't so know. So you were I, I thought it was Sunday. Last Sunday, or... No, there was an eviction on Thursday. Because at the end of it, they started the head of household. Oh, okay. So then now that shows you how much I know. <laughs> I didn't get oh, a chance shit. to watch it. I was going to tell you, I was going to complain about this new head of household, but I won't say anything. I This won't give anything away to you, but it's the head of household where like, next time on Big Brother, you're going to get to see what happens. Right. I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Like, not this early in the season. Don't toy with me. Let's get my Big Brother head of household done in like five minutes. I'm good to go. <laughs> Drives me absolutely nuts. All righty. Well, since I'm so far behind now, it looks like we'll have to uh, get back and reset this on next time. So that's for sure. That's going to have to happen. So what do you want to do now? Is it time to do one last thing? One last thing. I think we should do the net worth game. The net worth game. Okay. So the net worth game, you want to explain the rules? So I'm obsessed with anybody who's famous and I want to know how much money they're worth. I don't know why. It's just something I do. Like as soon as like if anybody's name comes up in the news, I'm on it. Like I'm like, I don't, I'm just gonna see how much they're worth. Like, I don't care what they did. Like, I don't even care what the story is. If someone's like, uh, Ellen did something. I'm like, I'm just gonna go see how much Ellen's worth. Like, I don't know why my mind works like that. Um, so one of my favorite characters in the Iron Man and I would say the whole Marvel trilogy is happy. And he's uh, Iron Man's assistant, kind of takes care of everything. He's the dude who just blows up the entire time, pretty much. And it's John Favreau. Um, I have no idea. Like, I, I've been thinking about this since I saw the movie because I just looked up at the screen. I was like, I wonder how much John Favreau's worth. Hmm. So we have not looked at it. I have it queued up, ready to go. We'll play this the price is white right way. You got to be below. Jason, if you had to guess, John Favreau. Net worth, where do you got them at? According to the internet, so who, who the hell knows? Well, let's That's see. Right. So, so I don't have the passion to go look people's net worth up all the time. So my guess is probably going to be as an unqualified guess as anything. So let's see. John Favreau uh, wrote and direct Swingers, one of my favorite yes, movies. Yes. Uh, yes. Probably starred in, starred or been in probably 20-some movies. I'm oh, guessing. yeah, for sure. Did oh, that oh, chef I, movie the other year? That was pretty I'm good. I'm getting in his IMDb right now, so that's not going to give me anything. So, uh, I I don't think oh, it, so many movies. Oh yeah, so how many movies? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Over thirty. 
Excuse me. They have they got TV shows in here too. So probably about twenty. Oh, he's got as a producer. He has twenty four credits as a producer. As a producer, okay. So, but he's actor, not a he's not a hundred million dollar actor guy. They don't pay him that kind of money for the show. Sixty five credits as an actor, bro. Including he was in some Star Wars TV. So he's he's a voiceover guy. He was in. Oh yeah, this guy is. This is the, I okay. like you said though. I don't. He's not the guy that you're paying the big. So money. he's in sixty-five credits. You don't make a million dollars a credit. No, you play. Yep. Let's, uh, let's say you do five hundred thousand. Then you get some directing stuff in there. Oh, My like guess. Swingers is his. So that's a big one. Yeah. Like Swingers is his movie. So that's that's got to be an inch. You know that, that's a that's a heavier. That's Residual City, and that movie's on. It's on right now on TBS probably. So. All right, here's my official guess. 55 million dollars. Wow. Okay, I'm going higher. Oh, really? Am I like way off? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, just because of the swinger side. That's why I think I'm going to go higher. I think he's going to be like 72 million. 72 million. Yeah. So cuz I'm I'm hoping he'll land on 80. It's like my guess. Okay. All right, give me you ready? Yep. All right. Hold on. I got to put his name in. Drum roll is. Oh, Jason winning at 60 million. What was no your way. Put <laughs> on that. <laughs> 60 million. The last time we're ever going to play Network Game. <laughs> <laughs> really? Of, hey. The one that killed me is the first time I ever did it. Was someone was uh, someone was like, "Look up Judge Judy's net worth," and Judge Judy's net worth is like four hundred and eighty million dollars. Something stupid. She's been on like, TV. Wait. She's syndicated, right? So once you're syndicated, you're a hundred million easy, right? She gets thirty million a year, but now Ellen makes more than her. Ellen's is like through the roof too. It's like three hundred and something million. Wow. That's unbelievable. I watched Ellen the other day because we were like when I went down to see the Jack Daniels Distillery. It was like playing on the bus on the ride home. I don't even know what happened on the show. Nothing happened. And they always show previews to what's coming up next in the show. So, like, they surprised a girl that, like, her house burnt down. And they, like, were giving her, like, $25,000. But they kept showing them presenting the check. Like, coming up next on Ellen. Like, and they would show it. And I'm like, well, then why would I watch the show when I know this girl's just going to get this dumbass check in the next 20 minutes? It just drove me insane. I was yelling at the TV the entire time. Maybe I'm the problem. I'm starting to think. I see you laughing over there, Jason. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe it's everybody else is normal and I'm not. So, well, I, I think uh, I I don't get like those talk show hosts. Like I didn't think daytime television actually earned that much money to pay them that much. I mean, I understand Judge Judy's on like all the time, right? She's syndicate, so they probably show her. You could probably, like you said, she's you could. If you had access to every television station across the U.S., I'm pretty sure you could watch 24 hours straight at Judge Judy. So that's got to be yeah. worth something, right? So, but Ellen. Oh my god! Oh my god! She makes 47 million a year, Judge Judy. 47 million a year. She she works. It's 900 thousand dollars per day if she worked 52 days a week, or 52 days a year, or wait, no, she works 52, 52 days a year. She works 52 no, days a year. That's it. She works. They do, must do multiple shows in that one week. So her net worth right now is 290 million. So now she's making that kind of cash. I was going to say, that means she's been a horrible investor for her first 10 years since she was doing the show. Ellen makes 
Her net worth is two hundred million, and she makes sixty-five million per year. Well, so what the hell? What she spent all her money? Uh, whatever. And this podcast generates almost as much. I mean, if you're looking at it, if you're comparing our podcast to what Judge Judy makes versus what Putin makes, we're closer to Judge Judy than Putin, right? If you if you round the nearest billion, we're pretty much right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. we're right there. If you got around download, up. download, subscribe, and uh, uh, tell all of your friends, guys. So help us out. All right. Anything else this week, Jason? Are we good? I think we're good. I think this week is going to be catching up with Big Brother, uh, getting some uh, shaking the Fourth of July hangover off, uh, and looking forward to watching an awesome home run derby and all star game. How about you? Yeah. I'll- uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no, actually, I'm, uh, I go to West Virginia this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I leave for West Virginia Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, I'm going back into the 1800s again. So I will be missing probably all of that fun stuff. So. Are you going to pick your hat up at Tudor's Biscuits? <laughs> no, I, have, I would have to go back. Two days ago was when I could have gone to order my hat. So, But I will be eating some Tudor's. And, by the way, uh, John Kinkle's mom, I, brought, uh, I didn't even bring it up. She's like, you ever have Tudor's? I was talking about West Virginia. I was like, are you? I lost my mind. I thought, I was like, I've talked to you about this before in the past, right? And she's like, no, I just love tutors. So I had like a 25-minute conversation with mom about tutors. So. And I that'll be featured on the next podcast. So Definitely. I'll, you know what? I'll bring some tutors back and I'll eat it during the podcast. That's for sure. Nice. Maybe if we hold out to episode 10, we can uh, dip and eat tutors and drink <laughs> fire water and then recreate the entire West Virginia experience all in one podcast and for all of you listening yes i have told jason that all of you just every single time i talk to you you're like i can't wait for the 10th podcast i'm dreading it i the other day when i was just buying something at the gas uh grocery or gas station i saw all sorts of dips behind there and i was like oh no like i'm that's just august that's the end of august like we're right there and i just keep thinking that i'm gonna have to go get lots of plastic to put on the floor uh, so oh, I can... I'm not, no, uh, 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 wrong. I'm actually just going to get on the floor. I might, bro- <laughs> I might just put my uh, computer and everything right next to the toilet and just broadcast right from my toilet seat. Like, I really might. Well, I'm looking forward to those days. So we've got uh, three down, six to go. Yes, sir. Uh, so uh, if you have any other requests or anything like that, hit us up on Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com slash two guys being dudes uh, or you can follow us on Instagram at two guys being dudes uh, also on Twitter at two guys being dudes so if you've got any information any subjects you want to talk about any special guest that you'd like us to interview let us know and we'll get up as soon as we can and get them on board yeah we're, we're just getting our feet here guys we're, we're, we're figuring this out and soon enough we'll be doing some interviews and getting people involved and 